Acts 20, verse 33, I've coveted no man's apparel, or silver, gold, or apparel. Yea, yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. And I have showed you all things, how that so labor and ye ought to support who? The weak. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how, he's, how he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. There you go. There's the ticket. Now, that one day you're to give is not December 25th. You understand? Christian ought to be ready to give 365, amen, seven days a week, be able to prepare to do that. Let's go to Second Thess First Thessalonians chapter 2. First Thessalonians chapter 2. Paul worked. Amen. And like I've been telling you, I don't think we ought to invite a preacher in and expect him to pay two or three, four hundred dollars in expenses to get here and two or three hundred dollars expenses to get back, all because he's got a great name, and then not minister and give him a wage on top of that. You understand? You meet his expenses, that's great, but then he's taking a week off of work to come and minister to us. You need to make sure that he gets a wage to pay his bills. A lot of preachers, a lot of people don't see that. They think he ought to just come. Listen, we've had people come up to us in churches. Man, we just can't believe you drive all the way down here to Louisiana and just preach to us. Uh, your preacher called me. Your preacher booked me. Uh, they're thinking I'm making some kind of great sacrifice. Come to find out when you leave the camp meeting, they didn't give you an offering. Yeah, it was a great sacrifice. <laughs> I just do that on my own free will. I just got so much money. I just, I just travel all across the country and spend it. Amen. Just to go to church to church. Amen. Well, let's look at uh, uh, verse 9. Remember, and you remember, brethren, our labor and travail for laboring night and day because we would not be chargeable to any of you. We preached the gospel. We preached unto you the gospel of God. You understand what he's doing? He's not just laboring day and night there preaching the gospel, he's laboring day and night. And in the process, he's preaching the gospel so he wouldn't be chargeable. He's trying to preach the gospel without expense to people. You understand? And that's what he's trying to clarify in the book of Acts over there. Let's go to chapter 5. He said over there in verse 35 of Acts, he said, And so labor, and you ought to support the weak. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, and what? Support the weak. Amen. There's some folks that among you that they can't, they're weak. They can't earn a living. Amen. And they get food stamps and they get assistance. Amen. But there ain't nothing wrong with helping them out every now and then if they need to the help. You understand? Amen. Amen. I know preachers that do that. I know, I know people that try to do that. I know they try to help the less fortunate. Amen. That's what you ought to do. I've known people to give away cars, and, and I know people that's got places, they rented them out to people, but the sad part is, is they get abused. Yeah. Amen. You know how many, you know how many times people would borrow Brother Lovell's truck and, and bring it back, and there'd be no gas in it, and it was full when they let, took it? Yeah. I think you borrow somebody's truck, you ought to fill the gas tank up. Amen. You know what Brother Lovell would do? He'd, he'd, he'd put gas in it, and then he'd wash it, armor all the tires, and bring it back to you. You know? Listen, I know people that borrowed tools and stuff like that, and they destroyed them, and they said, well, it broke. Well, it's one thing if it breaks, but another thing is if you break it. 
You know, so I try to make it a process not to loan things out and borrow things because you know what? Uh, you're going to smart for it. You, you're going to hurt for it. And it's, it's not good. Amen. And uh, so you got to try to do what you got to do and try to help people. And, and uh, if you do borrow something, you know what? It's your Christian responsibility that if it breaks down, buy them a new one. Yep. Well, it's used. Well, then go buy a new one. A lot of times we try to use things and borrow things because we don't want to spend the money. Amen. And then we don't help the brother that we borrowed it from. And then if we break it, we don't fix it. That's not right. Christian, a Christian testimony is not just, hey, I believe in Jesus. A Christian testimony is, if I do something wrong, I'm going to fix it. You know, if I scratch your car, say, oh, well, Cindy's got to live with it. No, let's go get it fixed. Amen. Amen. Let's get it taken care of. I'll fix it. I'll make it right. Listen, I want to make it better than it was. Amen. You understand? That's, that's part of the giving part of Christianity. But a lot of people, a lot of Christians don't believe that. A lot of Christians wind up putting black, uh, uh, black eyes on people out there that Christianity, you know, that Christian, he'll steal from you. That Christian, he'll rip you off. That Christian, he'll do you wrong. Don't enter into business with a Christian. They're going to do you wrong. That's the testimony that the world's receiving about dealing with Christians. The only thing I can say to the Christians is, well, or the lost, I say, yeah, you're right. There are a lot of lousy Christians. They wind up trusting Jesus Christ because they're losers. And they're no good, and they still got a fleshly nature, and they haven't been able to walk in the spirit very much. You, you're right; that is a lousy Christian. I apologize. That's a hard thing to do. But now I try to tell that guy about Jesus Christ, and try to tell him how Christ can save him and change him. He goes, "Change him into what? That?" Doug Fisher said, "We're in a bad day today, to where uh, when you go out soul winning, you knock on the door, you got to spend eight, ten minutes apologizing for the condition of the church before you can even try to tell them about Jesus Christ." <laughs> it's, it's pathetic. Well, to support the weak, I got no problem. Some people listen. Some people just want Christian welfare. They don't ever want to do nothing. I listened to Dr. Ruckman this week. He's teaching through Jeremiah, and and uh, he talked about a guy that came down there and he let him stay in his house. And where Dr. Ruckman said the guy wouldn't help, wouldn't do nothing, wouldn't lift a finger. He said he actually run his house down to bare nothing in the house. He said he was even hiding pretzels under his seat, go out to his car, try to eat some so this guy would just get the hint and run away. He said he probably found them too. The guy went through the cabinets, I mean, and Ruckman said he tried to do everything he can to just kind of run the guy off without being rude. And everybody thinks he's a mean old guy. And, and then he wound up going down the street and renting a lawnmower. You remember hearing that? He rented a lawnmower, parked it out under the window, trying, and the guy finally wound up leaving because he didn't want to help mow the grass and do anything around the house. Yeah. And then he met the guy 15 years later, and he was in some other guy's church. And he was in this other guy's church, and he got married and had wife and kids. And he goes, does that rascal work? He said, no, it don't work a lick. He said... Don't do nothing. He just he just lays around and expects everybody to support him. There's a bunch of people like that that's out there that expect somebody to take care of them the rest of their life. They think it's the church's responsibility. Yeah, we had a missionary come in one night and take over our basement, man, and, and food. And boy, I'll tell you what, there, there was a bad taste in my wife's mouth when that family left. They just come in, take over, take over your computer, do all kinds of things, man. I mean, they start going through the cabinets and doors and everything. And you say, what? You say, well, wait a minute, this is my kitchen. You don't do that. You understand? Well, this is the way we do it. Well, you're in our house, man. We're letting you stay, try to keep you from paying a motel bill. And look at that, you're, you're destroying our house. Brother Lovell had a missionary come over. 
Amen. And next thing you know, the kids are in Brother Lovell's bedroom using his bed as a trampoline. They're jumping all over the place. Brother Lovell goes, hey, dude. He said, uh, you know what your kids are doing? Oh, yeah, they do it all the time. <laughs> and Brother Lovell said, not here they don't. Go get them. You don't come in here and start jumping on my couch and furniture and do all that stuff. Did you think that guy got support? I think he left. You understand? He had one missionary come in and, and he told him, he said, hey, don't go near my dog. He said, the dog bit somebody yesterday. I haven't had the opportunity to get him put down. You understand? Please don't go by the dog. He bites. Missionary's wife walks a little kid right out there. Kid bite, the dog bites him. Hey, your dog bit my kid. I done told you. I didn't think he meant it. Some people surrender to preach and call missionaries. They're airheads. They're dumb. They're stupid. Hello? Hey, man. That's why you got to check them out. Just because they're going somewhere, you got to check them out a little bit. Right? Bob Blue knew some guys went to the Philippines, passed out tracks. You know how they passed out tracks? They'd get a case from 10,000 tracks from Fellowship Track League, right? They'd get a case of them, they rolled the window down, throw it out the window, passed out 10,000 tracks today, drive on. <laughs> I'm telling you the truth, man. You gotta be careful, man, what you're dealing with. Yeah? Hey, man, listen. That's why people people get intimidated because we, you know, you're 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 so hard on your inspections. You're critical. Some people just know churches and Christians have charity, and Christians are charitable, and people take advantage of that charity. Amen. 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 We offended a rich guy down in Alabama, and I love the guy, but we took him out to dinner, and or he took us out to dinner, and we picked up the bill and thought it would be a blessing and pay him his way. He got mad at us. Didn't he? Because he was rich and he wanted to be a blessing to us. And we thought, you're paying for everybody's way all the time. And you're always buying people dinners. Let us treat you tonight. And we took up the bill. Boy, that guy got offended. But you know what? Sometimes the rich even need to ha have somebody do some charity to them. Right. Amen. Amen. Let's go to uh, 1 John 3. Listen, you're in a catch-22. You just got to be wise. You just got to make sure the Holy Ghost deals with you. Amen? That's the best thing. Holy Ghost never deals with some people about it, though, right? 1 John 3. One of the greatest verses in all the Bible, verse 16. Hereby perceive we the love of God, because He laid down His life for us. We have to lay down our lives for who? The brethren. Amen? Watch it. It gives you an example. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shove up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him? Listen, if you're really saved, you see somebody got a need, how can you walk away from them? Right. The world does some things to help people. How come Christians can't? Listen, I'm not talking about a drunk that's a loser out on the street, amen, and all he wants to do is take the 50 bucks you just got and go buy more booze and not pay his bills, and, and he's homeless. You understand? I'm not talking about that. Listen, I've got no problem giving him a meal. i got no problem giving him a blanket to curl up in. But if they don't want to get off their duff and work and earn a paycheck and do right, I'm not going to feed their addictions. I can feed them. That's what missions are for, and that's what places are for to help those guys. But they got a greater need than just uh, a sandwich. 
These guys that stand out here trying to say, we'll work for food, I don't have a family, those guys are making hundreds of bucks a day standing there and they ain't willing to work a job. So I don't feed them. Amen? They're cons and they're just trying to apply themselves. But there's people who have a real need. Amen? We've helped some. We had a guy come in here. Amen? I put him up in a motel one night. He wanted to come out and sell a chainsaw to me. I said, I don't want your chainsaw. I'll put you up in a motel. You understand? Now I should have bought the chainsaw. But anyways, that was his way of business. And I tried to help him out. Got him a meal, put him up in the motel. Went up there, paid for the night. Now if he abused that, that's his business. But I wasn't just going to give him money to go buy a motel. You understand? I didn't want him to go out and get drunk saying he's going to and then sleep out in the woods. Let's go to James. James chapter number 2. This is, this is the Catholic Church's favorite scriptures. Amen? Amen. It says over here, James 2, verse 13. For he shall have judgment without mercy, have showed no mercy, and mercy rejoices against judgment. What doth it profit, my brother, though a man say he hath faith and hath not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food. What are they destitute of? Daily food. And one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding give ye them not those things which are needful to the what? Body. What doth it prosper? What's it? Your faith. He's saying, you say you got faith? Show me your faith by your works. He said, how, where's the love of God at in you? And how do you say you got faith if you can't wind up giving to somebody that needs bodily things like clothes and food? You understand what I'm saying? And then he says, verse, look at this. Verse 17, even so then faith without works is dead being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith. That's what the world's saying out there. Say, you got faith? Show me. How many of you Christians can just turn around and just walk by people that are out there naked without clothes and food and not try to help them? Trying to build a bigger house and a bigger barn. How can you do that? You say you got faith? Show me. Right? Amen. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? What did Jesus say? What John say over here in 1 John 3? How dwells the love of God in you? You say the love of God and you, you can't see the basic needs and necessities of man and you got faith and you can't act like a good Samaritan and go down there and help him out? Isn't that what the good Samaritan did? He helped him. He put him, in a, he put him up in a place to stay and said, hey, if he owes you any more, I'll pay it. Everybody wants to use a good Samaritan. Well, how many good Samaritan Christians do we have out there? How many people willing to pull over, be inconvenienced to help somebody out? I know we got a crooked world out there and, and people living like the devil and doing things and I understand you can't trust hitchhikers and all that other stuff. There's people out there, amen, trying to help people. They'll even carry a gas can just so they can get a ride. One guy picked a guy up hitchhiking one day and he goes, man, you run out of gas? He said, no, I'm just carrying a can. He said, why? He said, people won't stop pick you up. So I carry this can so I can get a ride. <laughs> amen. They think you need help walking down the road with a gas can. They'll pull over and help you because they feel safe then. 
But you know they got people that just pretend their cars are broken down now to jump you and rob you. So how many people want to pull over and help somebody? Amen? My stepdad had a guy, a friend of his up in New York. His car broke down. He lifted up the hood. He's under the hood working, and a carload of guys pull over, start to strip the car. They start jacking it up, taking the tires off, say, hey, bud, we're just going to get the tires. You take what you want. <laughs> it's his own car, man. And they thought he was stripping something, taking something out from under the hood. They come out and just start jacking it up. <laughs> hey, man, they're bold. Hey, there's a movie. I don't know which one it is. Years ago, I've seen it. This guy opens up his trunk, grabs grabs some stuff out. He walks in. He opens up the gate, slides the chain gate, slides another something else, opens up the door, goes in. He goes in to set the stuff down and start his stuff. When he comes back out, the car stripped. They had a truckload come in, a tow truck there. They come in, they jacked it all up. Woo, woo, woo. Air compressor, pulled the tires off. Hey, man, they pulled the seats out. They were, taking, they were stripping that car left and right. By the time the guy come back out, he come back out of sitting up on blocks. <laughs> they do it. It's a business, man. Amen. They're thieves. But listen, how, how do we, we say we got faith? We're not going to help a brother out with the basic needs. Well, just be warm and filled. You know how many churches tell that to preachers? Yeah. Missionaries, they come in. Well, just be warm and filled. Slip them a little $25 check, $50 check, go on down the road. Just be warm and filled. Amen. Let's go to 2 Corinthians now. 2 Corinthians 10 before I get into 8 and 9. 2 Corinthians 10. This one nailed me, man, one day. I was just reading along through here. Verse 8. Well, verse 7. But I have committed an offense in abasing myself that you might be exalted because I have preached unto you the gospel of God freely. Listen, Paul's preaching without expenses. And he said, I've robbed other churches, taking wages from them to do you service. He said, you know what? The only reason I'm here and able to preach to you today is because I've taken money from other. I'm receiving support from other churches so I can go out and preach. I'm trying not to be chargeable to you. But it's church's responsibility to support ministers and help the work of God further the gospel. Amen. Look at what it says, verse 9. And when I was present with you, comma, and what? 2 Corinthians 10, verse 8. Now, or 11, I'm sorry. 2 Corinthians 11, verse 8. I've robbed other churches, taken wages of them, do you service, verse 9. And when I was present with you, comma, and... Wanted. Do you understand? Paul's in the press. You know how many preachers come into the pulpit and are brought on by the way and they have needs and the church can meet their needs? And they're standing there. Paul said, I'm wanting. I'm wanting. I, I, I got needs to be met and the church can meet them. And guess what? You're not meeting them. People don't even have a clue how to take care of preachers and meet their needs. Whoso hath this world's good. They can help preachers out. There's preachers who can really be helped. But people don't even think about doing that. There's churches that are excellent at this. They think, they work, they sell, they do what they can to help further the work of God. They give big chunks to help build churches overseas. They do a lot to try to help people. Brother Kendrick had people 
go out and take him to shopping and take his wife and daughters out and buy them clothes and buy his boys clothes and do all that kind of stuff and give them big chunks and big offerings. Why? Because they're thinking about the needs of the preacher. Amen? And trying to minister to them. Yes, there's crooks on every side. But just because there's a Baptist crook out there doesn't mean we neglect somebody who's really got needs. Right. Amen? Paul said and wanted, And I was chargeable to no man. For that which was lacking to me, the brethren which came from Macedonia supplied. Do you really want somebody else to foot your bill? Amen? Think about that thing. What are you doing as a Christian with your money and your paychecks and your food and your supplies? Do you really want to be somebody else to foot your bill and then have to face Jesus Christ over that thing? I don't. I don't want somebody to pay my portion. Right? And in all things, I've kept myself from being burdensome unto you, and so will I keep myself. Amen. What, what, what a thing. Let's look at what he says, 2 Corinthians now. Amen. I probably won't get through this, but I need to. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit the what? Of the grace of God bestowed upon the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, their abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded under the riches of their liberality. They were liberal. They were willing out of their own debt and poverty to be able to supply a need. They are very liberal with what they had. They didn't have much, but they gave what they had. You understand? Right. And for their power, I bear record, and beyond their power, they are willing of themselves, praying us that with much entreaty that we would receive what? The gift. The gift. Amen. There was people, there was a poor family. A preacher one day got up and said, hey, we want to raise money for a poor family in the church. And this poor family, they had no idea that the money was being raised for them. Went out and worked hard and did all they could do to earn money. Scraped up everything they could. They had, they had holes in their shoes where they would put cardboard in there to fill it up so they could walk. And they, they, they were so poor they had no idea. And they scrounged up $19 to be able to wind up giving to the church to help this poor family. Because they couldn't believe somebody in the church was poor and had needs. They didn't see themselves poor. Didn't even think. And they worked hard. And they took up the offering. They were so glad they put that money in that offering plate and passed the plate. At the end of the service, preacher walks up to him and says, Folks, I want to give you something. He said, Today we raised $22 for you. Wow. They put in 19 Did all they could. And they walked away from the church heartbroken and said, We're poor. We're poor. That, that, and only three people in the church gave to them a dollar, if that was what it was. You talk about a condemnation. You talk about a revelation. Those people out of their deep poverty gathered and worked and struggled to, to try to give to a poor family in their church and scrounge up 19 bucks. And here, they are the poor ones that the preacher wanted to help. And they gave over 75% of what came in. <laughs> that's, that's what these Macedonians are doing. That they praying that we take the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. There's a, there's a ministering to the saints, helping the people of God. Verse 5, And this they did, not as we hope, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun to, to uh, so he would also finish in you the same what? 
grace also. Therefore, amen, as ye abound in everything, in faith, in utterance, in knowledge, in diligence, and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, by reason of uh, forwardness of others, to prove the sincerity of your love. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he is rich, yet for your sakes he became what? Poor, that through his poverty you might be rich. Listen, he's talking about grace. Amen. The grace of giving. We talked about it uh, not too long ago on a series called the, 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 the Comforter. Amen. Right? And uh, he's, he's within you. My heavenly companion. And he's within me. And you don't think that he don't sit there and work and think about these things? We're reading right here the mind of God. God's mind about giving and the Holy Spirit of God is living inside us. And you don't think he doesn't work on our hearts to abound in this grace? Abound in what grace? Giving. Going. Sacrificing. One of the very things Christians don't do. Well, I, I got I to go to bed. I got to get up at eight. I can't go an extra mile. Besides, that's for somebody in the millennium, right? Go an extra mile. If they ask for your coat, give me your cloak off. I ain't going to do that. That's, that's for the Jews in the millennium, man. That's a good practice to give, go above and beyond the call of duty, to give extra, to go extra. Amen? Maybe to stay up and lose some sleep for somebody. Maybe to do some work for them and mow their grass and, and paint their fence and fix their roof and do some things and show some Christian charity. And maybe even foot the bill. Amen? To help people. Right? Doesn't Paul talk about the gift of helps over there in 1 Corinthians 12? Everybody wants to give to governments. They want to be the leader. But who wants to clean the toilets? Amen. Who, who wants to get out and do the base things? The grace of giving. The Holy Ghost of God will give you the grace to sacrifice and do without that somebody else may be full. Isn't that what Christmas is supposed to be about? You didn't get me yet. I thought it was about giving. Amen. Oh, Christmas ain't about giving. It's about receiving. Go out and give it to everybody so they can receive and get what they want. Ain't about giving. Ain't about meeting people's needs. It's, it's giving to get is what Christmas is about. Yep. Amen. They've corrupted, if there was a Christian meaning to it, they've corrupted it bad. The grace of giving. I'm talking about this is sacrificial giving. Jesus Christ became poor that you might be able to be made rich. And the example is, hey, Christian, you willing to become poor that others might be getting rich? Well, ain't nobody going to get an advantage over me. Well, how many people going to be in heaven because of your witness and your giving? Amen. Look at what it says in verse 9. <clears throat> well, verse 10. And herein I give my advice. For it is what? For this is expedient for you. Amen. Paul gives you an example in verse 8 how Christ became poor, that you might become rich. Now he's showing you this thing's expedient. I mean, it's you, you need to get on board with this thing pretty quick is what he's talking about. It's important. Right? Who have begun before not only to do, but also to be forward a year ago. You know what he's saying? He said, what would you get last year? Are you farther than that this year? Have you, have you increased your giving? Are you growing in this grace? Well, I only gave 100 bucks last year. All right, you giving 500 this year? You understand? We get raises. We want raises. What are we doing to help further the gospel? Give them an increase. Now, therefore, perform the doing of it. 
that as uh, there was a readiness to will, so there may be a performance also out of that which you have. Notice it's what you have. He's not asking you to give something you don't have. Right? For if there first be a willing mind, it is accepted according to the man hath, and not according to the man hath not. Listen, God's not asking you to go out there and charge up credit cards and do all this and go $100,000 in debt to support missions. Now, I'm sure that would stand out really good at the judgment seat if you could afford to pay the payments on that. And say, God, I helped build a church over in the Philippines. I paid $20,000. I put it on a credit card. I'm sure God bless you for that. But it's not according to what you don't have. It's according to what you do have. Right? Somebody said, if God gave me a million dollars, I'd give this. Well, what are you doing with the hundred you got now? Yeah, man. We always want to give more if we have more. But what are we doing with what we got? God can take a piece of fish and a piece of bread and multiply it. He can take what your little gifts got and multiply it. Amen. Verse 13, For I mean not that other men be eased and, and ye be burdened, but there be an equality. See that? Amen. Now at this time, your abundance may be a supply to their want, for their abundance also may be a supply for your want. Amen. That there may be an equality. Listen, God sees you shoveling out to support missionaries and support orphans and help people out, do things like that. You don't think God's not going to shovel it back in? Amen. What kind of God do you think we serve? Yeah. If God's urging us and encouraging us to take what we have and give it, what do you think he'd do to us? You think he's just going to rob us and we'll be poor sitting on the side of the road? I guarantee you, when it comes down, push comes to shove, God knows your giving record, and He knows your heart, and if you've got a need, God will see to it that it's met. Amen. Right? Yeah. I believe it. That's what He's trying to tell you here. God will supply your lack. Verse 15, As it is written, He that has gathered much hath nothing over, he that gathereth little hath no lack. But thanks be unto God, Amen, which is the same earnest care into your heart, of Titus for you. Amen. Do you have an earnest care for the work of God? Amen. For indeed some he accepted. For indeed he accepted the exhortation. But being more forward of his own accord, he went on to you. Amen. What's the exhortation? 9.5 Therefore I thought it necessary to what? Exhort the brethren. Amen, that they would go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty. He's exhorting them. He's encouraging them. He's saying, hey, you need to give. You need to support. You need to reach down. Dig deep. Sacrifice. Save. Do something. Give a gift to the man of God. Give a gift to the work of God. Help somebody in your neighborhood. Amen. Exhortation. Back to chapter 8. Verse 18. We have, and we have sent him with the brother whose praise is in the gospel throughout all the churches. What's getting praised in this thing? The gospel. Amen. Amen. That's why you give through the church. Amen. Who do you want the praise for? You or the church? You want Jesus Christ to be glorified in you or do you want everybody to know you're doing it? And so we'll work independent of the church. That's what a lot of people are trying to do. Trying to work independent of the church because they lose their identity and Christ gets the glory. The church gets the glory for Christ. And the gospel's glorified. But people want to stand out in the crowd. That's why Jesus said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Verse 19, And not only, or not that only, but who was, 
who was also chosen of the churches to travel with us, amen, with this grace, which is administered by us to the glory of the same Lord and decoration of your ready mind, avoiding this, that no man should blame us in this abundance, which is administered by us, providing, amen, for honest things, not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of men. Listen, he's got men going with him so people know that the money that he's raising is going and getting where he said it's going to go. Amen. He's trying to be honest. That there's no exhort... Uh, uh, what do you call that? Uh, what do they do when they steal money? Extortion. extortion. They're making sure there's no extortion going on here. So providing things honestly. Amen. But now much more diligent upon the... Upon the great confidence which I have in you, whether any do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and, and fellow helper concerning you and our brethren, be inquired of. They are the messengers of the churches and the glory of Christ. Wherefore, show ye to them and before the churches the proof of your love. Where's the proof of your love? Let me ask you, do you got any receipts? I mean, wouldn't that be a proof of your love? Wouldn't, wouldn't uh, a ledger in your checkbook be a proof of your love? Amen. Wouldn't that be? God's looking for a proof of your love. He said, oh, I love them. I love missions. Okay, how much are you giving to them? I love sinners. Don't want to go to hell. Okay, how many people are you telling? Amen. 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 And of our boasting on your behalf. For chapter 9. For us touching the ministry to the saints. It is superfluous for me to write unto you, for I know the forwardness of your mind, amen, which I boast of you to them of Macedonia and Achaia that were ready a year ago and your zeal to provoke many. Listen, there's a lot of churches out there that are encouraged because of the giving of other churches. Yep. Amen? Amen. amen. Yet I have sent unto the brethren, lest our boasting of you should be in vain in this behalf, that as I said, Ye may be ready, lest happily if they of Macedonia come with me, find you unprepared, that, uh, or we that, we that we say not, ye should be ashamed in this same confidence. Therefore, I thought it necessary to exhort the brethren that they should go before unto you and make up beforehand your bounty, whereof ye had noticed before, that the same might be ready as a matter of bounty, and not as a covetousness. Amen. He's saying, I'm giving you notice. I want to take up an offering. And when I come through, I want to take the offering up. I want to take it to them. It'd be like an example of me saying, hey, Humberto's coming by. And uh, we're raising money for Bibles. And he'll be swinging through here, say, uh, January 1st. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to give him a big offering for paper so they can print the Bible. And so we sacrifice, we do all we can to raise up a big offering and then Humberto goes by and, and tells you about the Bible and what he's doing and then we give him a big check to go take down there to Florida so they can print the Bible. Amen. You understand? Amen. He's saying when Humberto shows up, there, there shouldn't be no lack. Verse 6, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall, also, uh, shall reap also sparingly, and he that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Do you believe that? Yeah. Amen. Do you, I mean, do you believe that? Do you believe if you put a hundred bucks in a plate, God's going to give you more than what you gave? You know, faith and doubt 
come together by what you do. You understand? You say you got faith, you believe God. Well, faith has action to it. Right? Amen? And if you say you believe God will bless your giving, are you giving? There's a big thing about that. Amen? That's proof. Well, if you reap sparingly, it's because you're sowing sparingly. Amen. Verse 7. Here's, here's the crux. Here's where it all lays on. You ready? Every man according as he purposes in his heart, so let him what? If your giving is zero, amen, if that's what you purpose, then what? Give zero. Hello. Not grudgingly and necessity. God loveth the cheerful giver. Listen, if I bring in missionaries here and they jerk on your heart, amen, you don't have to give because you see the slides. You don't have to give because you see the, the missions and all that. you got to obey the Holy Ghost. Amen. And you know what? If you purpose in your heart, I ain't going to support a missionary. I'm going to buy me four-wheelers and ride through the woods. Then buy you a four-wheel and ride through the woods. And if the slideshow don't move you, listen, we have Brother Sixth in here showing all them pictures about Scandinavia, telling me the news about Scandinavia and the need for Scandinavia. I said, you know what? I want to win Scandinavians, and I ain't going, but I'm going to put money on him each month so he can go win me some Scandinavians to Jesus. Amen. You understand? Yep. I was moved to put some money on the man. Hello? Amen. You purpose in your heart. Now, if you say, well, you're just trying to get a hold of my wallet and you're just trying to use pictures and slides, and don't give nothing, man. <laughs> Amen. And if you want to put all your stock in toys and guns and cars and all that, listen, you want to fix a hot rod and polish that thing? Go ahead. If you'd rather put it on cars than you would on missions, go ahead. I ain't begrudging you. Just know this, moth and rust does corrupt, and that car is going to burn, and them souls are going to burn. Amen. Amen. And the outcome, where you put your money is where your heart is. Right? Look at what it said. Every man, according to the purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly, not of necessity, for God loveth who? Cheerful giver. Amen. Verse 8. God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always, having all sufficiency in all things. You understand? What people read into that is that God's going to give you whatever you want. God will give me big Cadillacs. Reverend Ike said, it's the lack of money that's the root of all evil. And all these preachers trying to encourage people to come down here and give, give, and God will give you, God will give you a big house, God will give you a big car, God will give you a big bank account. But they don't finish the rest of the verse. Well, what's it say? May abound to what? Every good work. Listen, you may put a lot of money in there, but God may not give a lot to you, but He may give a lot through you. Amen. To every good work. Amen. That's the key to the whole bottom line there. I gave sacrificially to God and, and I was praying. I said, God, you said I'd have I'd have everything I need and every good work, and God, I'm struggling, I need help. I done gave a bunch of money away, gave it out of my want, trying to practice Bible giving. And you know what the sweet Holy Ghost said to me? He said, son, sacrifices are supposed to hurt. <laughs> you should be feeling pain if you gave it with a sacrificial spirit. Amen. You're going to feel the pinch. Amen. You don't give to get rich. You give to help others and glorify God, magnify God. And God said he'd see to it that when you got a need, he'd supply it. Verse 9, watch it. Here it is. As it is written, he hath dispersed abroad. 
He hath given to the poor. His righteousness what? There's something to do with your righteousness included in your giving. If God weighs your righteousness in a balance according to your giving, how much righteousness do you have? We're not talking about the imputed righteousness of Christ here. We're talking about God saying he's, in, he's counting this towards your righteousness, your personal righteousness. How much of that do you got? And if we weight it in a balance, how's it, how's it coming out? How's it weighing out? Your righteousness remaineth forever. Look at this. This is an investment that has internal rewards. You understand? Eternal rewards. Verse 10. He that ministers what? Seed. Amen. According to Acts, or I mean Luke chapter 8, verse 11 to 14, what is the seed? Seeds, the Word of God. You sowing the Word of God? You helping missionaries with the Word of God? You seen to it that they got seeds and they got Bibles? Sow seed, what? To the sower. Both minister bread to your food and multiply seed sown. So you're ministering to the, to the missionary and you're giving him seed, the Word of God, and God's seen it to you, you got food. Amen. <laughs> Isn't that something? Multiplieth your seed sown. See, you can put it in God's hand, God will do more with it. And increase the fruits of what? Increase the fruits of your righteousness. Being what? Enriched in everything. You want God to enrich you in everything? I want God involved in everything. I want God working and enriching. Everything that I do in my life, my prayers, my Bible reading, my soul winning, my giving, my church, my worship. Amen? I want every aspect, my home, my marriage, my children, my leadership in the home, everything. I want God's hand to enrich it. I want Him to work good things into mine. Yeah. Amen? I don't want to be a spiritual malnutrition Christian. I believe God's not going to allow you to be malnutritioned in your righteousness. He's going to enrich you. Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to what? You know how many missionaries are thanking God that we put our money into play when they received their support? Amen. Thank you, Lord. Amen. If somebody remembered us, somebody gave, Lord, somebody sacrificed. Thank you, Lord. People are thanking God for that thing. Right? Verse 12, for the administration of the service not only supplieth the want to the saints, but is abundant also by the thanksgiving to what? You see where it's heading? You see where your gifts are heading? It's, it's, it's to praise to God. Thanksgiving to God. People are glorifying God and thanking God. Listen, God, you gave to me, and I appreciate what you've given to me, Lord. You've allowed me to work hard. Give me the physical ability to work hard and earn a paycheck. Now, God, I give you, Lord, uh, that which is yours and above and beyond to give to support the work of God. And I thank you for what you've given me. And, Lord, now I pass it on. And trust you to pass that on. Amen. That it gets where it's supposed to go for thy glory and honor. Verse 13. Watch this. Whilst by the experiment of this ministration. Have you ever experimented in giving? <laughs> it's just an experiment. Amen. You know what you do when you practice cooking in the kitchen? You add a little of this and you add a little of that. And, right, put a little of this and taste it and then... You, and it's an experiment. You know, I'm going to experiment. I'm going to give. I'm going to take it all out of my pocket, throw it in a plate. I'm just going to experiment in this giving of God and watch Him 
See what he does with it. Amen. Wow, it's by the experiment of this ministration, they glorify God for your professed subjection unto the gospel of Christ. That's a testimony. You're in subjection to God. Isn't that something? I'm subjected to God, really. What's your tithing record? <laughs> Amen. That'll be pretty good. Verse 13, and of your liberal distribution. Are you conservative in your giving or are you a liberal? <laughs> Amen. Adds new meaning to what a liberal is, doesn't it? Amen. They pervert Bible words. You know that, don't you? A liberal. Liberal distribution unto them, unto all men. And by their prayer for you. You need somebody to pray for you? You think these guys are praying for you? If you promise to support them, you think they're taking time to pray for you? They're praying for you. They're praying for Highway Baptist Church. Amen. They're praying that God would increase us and help us. Amen? Amen. Amen. You know, Brother Ralph can't talk about this church without almost crying. He prays for us every day. Amen. Ain't that a blessing? Yeah. And by their prayer for you, which long after you, for the exceeding grace of God where? In you. Let me ask you a question. You're saved by the grace of God. Is, it, is the grace exceeding? Is it oozing? To me, it looks like, is it oozing out of your pores? Does it ooze out of you? It succeeds. The grace of God's in me now. My cup what? Overflows. Overflows. Overflowing, man. Hey, man, are you drinking from your saucer? <laughs> hey, man. Why? Because my cup's overflowed. The exceeding grace of God. Listen, the grace of God's not something I'm supposed to keep in a corner and hide in a corner and keep all for myself. Listen, it's a fountain of living waters that ought to be springing forth. And God gives to me that I might be able to give to others and further the work. Verse 15. Thanks be to God for His unspeakable gift. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. For God so loved He gave. And proof. Amen. That you've experienced the grace of God. Received a gift of God is that you want to do the same. You want to give of yourself. You want to give of your wealth. You'll give of your health. Amen. That's just proof. I listen, it was all for me, 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 me before I got saved. And now it's for Him. It's for the furtherance of His work. It's for His glory. Amen. Father, we love you.